You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. June 8th. 2023. This is episode 338. Let's do this. PHP Ugly, baby. Thursday night. You're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, a weekly podcast where me and some friends of mine get together and discuss PHP, tech, our lives, our businesses, and everything else in between. I am one of those hosts, Eric Van Johnson, and you too can also be on the show by joining us in our Discord at discord.phpugly.com. We always rave about how important the Discord is to the show, and you can be part of it during the live show. You can, trib- you can contribute to the show as we're talking, and you never know where the show will go. Uh, the show is made a little better thanks to some support by some sponsors, JetBrains PHP Store and HoneyBadger.io, as well as our very, very, very close friends, our, patri- our supporters on Patreon, and we'll talk about all of them a little later. If this is your first time watching or listening, welcome. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty casual, casual thing. <laughs> and I got a dog squeaking a toy now. Yeah, toaster's here. I don't have the toast cam set up, so uh, that's going to be weird. Anyways, let's go ahead and get things started. With me tonight is my good friend and business partner. John Condon. I thought maybe you were not including me in the show tonight. You're like, oh, I'll just keep on talking. It's right. all good. Can I talk for a while? <laughs> really, that's, that's so unlike me to ramble too much. <laughs> I still feel so, like I forgot to say something. No, I think you covered it. Mm, I so man. missed the mark. I thought about it while the show opening was going on. I wanted to run out and grab my, my uh, dive mask to put on. And be wearing. <laughs> Have your own little AR going on. There you go. <laughs> we, I feel uh, like I'm underwater. <laughs> Man. Oh. Uh, let's get in fire. Let's see. Do we have anybody in chat talking yet? Uh, not yet, but you did. But in your opening, you did say you could be on the show by joining. Well, you're kind of on the show. Your your messages will show up over there. I can't point. Uh we will probably respond to things you say because that's the kind of guys we are. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. There's been some, there's been some great chatter in uh, discord lately. It's always is been fun. Always is. Yeah. Uh, man. Toasters in the office with me. I need to set up the toast cam. You talk, you keep, you keep things. You you carry the show for a little bit. I'm gonna set up the toast cam. You don't need the toast cam. Toast we need the toast cam. Fine. That's what brings takes... the kids in. No, it doesn't. It, well, it brings your kids in because they want to see the dog. They're like they're they're sick of seeing your mug. That's the way it works. Uh, pickles. All right. Watch for for toast as well. Hmm. Okay. Um. Thanks, champ. You didn't get that. Oh, okay. You didn't get it. <laughs> What? Oh, did Champ talk? Hey, Champ, what's going on, man? I said pickles. Yeah, yeah but look what he said. 
Jeez. So we're not going to share that on the stream quite yet. We need to get a f- at least a few minutes into the show because I think that's how the YouTube algorithm works. <laughs> Just the way it is. Just something to, to look forward to. Yeah. All right. How was your week? Dude, we have had the, the last week. It's just been like a podcast a day for us. This is crazy. our third this week. Yeah. And one of them wasn't even ours. <laughs> one of them wasn't even ours. Yeah. I, and and that, that actually got released today, too. Yeah. I don't know if you I got a listen. chance to, to listen I, to uh, it or not. It's in a tab. I just opened it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Andrew, who is a uh, long-time not resident. Champ Andrew. Huh? Not Champ Andrew. Another Andrew. Oh, yeah. Not Champ Andrew. <laughs> uh, a- Andrew, a long-time uh, Resident in our Discord uh, had started his own podcast series called Citizen Coder, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been going for about a year now. Uh, he does interviews with people, and so he asked John and I to get, you know come on and talk to us, and uh, I had a good time. I mean, it felt really good to kind of talk about some things. I like how halfway through it turned into you interviewing him. <laughs> you just couldn't, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't let go of the reins. You're like, do <laughs> you? I got to take over the show. <laughs> I didn't even realize, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I, me being the quiet person, I'm just sitting back listening to you talk. To talk. I'm like, man, I'm enjoying the show. Toshi, <laughs> <laughs> you, you got to give me a break, buddy. You got to give me a break, girl. Here, look. You're on camera. Say hi. There, there's Toaster. You got Toast Cam today. Of course, she's willing to play right now. Although she might need to go outside. This is her new this this is her new way of letting me know she has to go go to the bathroom. She brings her little squeaky toy in, but she keeps bringing it back. So maybe she doesn't. Well, you're supposed to do that before the show, not during the show. I know. I'm a horrible, uh, horrible dad. What can I say? All right. My kids. So that. you said it's been a busy podcasting week. We've done three podcasts. We have. We did, mm-hmm. we did record PHP podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. where we got to talk a little bit more about PHP Architect and the magazine and got to do a, another wrap-up of tech like we've done on this show in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the PHP Podcast one, if you're a subscriber to PHP Podcast, and if you're not, what the hell's wrong with you? Just just subscribe. But uh, the last PHP Podcast that we did for for the show, for the for the magazine... Uh, was actually a pretty important one because we 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 had a little bit of a of a uh, printing mishap and needed to needed to correct a few things. So uh, if you are a mm-hmm. subscriber who gets a print edition of the magazine and you're wondering where the hell is my magazine, go listen that, to PHP podcasts that got sent to the printer today with the correction. So. If you didn't get your April magazine, you will get your April and your May. If you did happen to get your April magazine, you will get another April and May. Oh, is there a chance some people got theirs? I don't know. There's a tiny, tiny chance. Mm. Very tiny. Um, Honestly, it may only be the very last person or two that subscribed. Actually, 
we don't necessarily do it in order of subscribers, but because of the way the, the numbering works, we pull everybody out of the database and then they get basically an ID into this Excel file. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was traditionally year, month, and then just an incrementing number. So you would be, you know, 2023-06 for this month, 01, I'd be 02. The problem was last month, I uh, we did two prints in one month because the code was written to take in the current year and day, not the, I mean, year and month, not the year and month of the magazine issue. Right. So because we did it, March super late, those those people got a a 2023 ID. Later in April, when we actually released the April magazine, they also got the 2023 ID. But they were there were collisions, obviously, because that's the yeah. way numbers work. And yeah, so the printer's like, oh, you've already used this number. We're not shipping it for you. Go away. The, the the sad part is it's still like code from the 90s, right? I have to send them an Excel file. They submit it. Then the results from them submitting it go to an FTP site that I have to go FTP and get the files to review. Is it really FTP? Yeah. Oh, and I, I just, everything's just always worked. So I've never bothered to go get those files. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight being twenty twenty, <laughs> so I mm. will do that. Yeah. So the so short of it is there was a screw up with the magazine in April, which was actually very confusing to John and I because uh, we had bought a bunch of magazines to give away at PHP Tech, and those got delivered. So we're like, well, yeah, they got printed. Ours got delivered. Just they might be running behind and john and i never got our personal one so we kind of like we're like you know john was wondering he's like did i cancel maybe i canceled ours because i knew we were coming to tech but then we started getting calls and um yeah so that reminds me i should have (laughs) i should have canceled it this time but i still let it go through (laughs) (laughs) so you will still get your april issue eric i know you don't have enough of them i've got like 18 of them Actually, I don't. I, you know, I don't think I brought any home with me. I think I threw some in the uh, plushie box with the elephants mm. uh, for if we go to like another conference or something. Um, we have some magazines to give give out, but yeah, I uh, I did. I don't think I brought anything home with me. The problem is all the elephants are on the in the trailer, aren't they? <laughs> <sighs> we didn't send those back home. Uh huh. Well. That's what <laughs> I mean, we have more here in storage. But... Right, right. Yeah. Oh, boy. That was yeah. fun. All right. So weird. So, we have no access to that trailer for a year. That's so weird. I mean, we have access to it, but. Yeah. We can't walk Anyways, outside and go look at it. Let's move right. on. So you talked about podcasting. You've, you've talked about our screw up. What about the rest of your week? You had to have done some coding. Oh yeah, I did a lot of coding. Matter of fact, I had you on on call for for pair programming because I had to dive back into event sourcing. And uh, but you never you never pulled me in on any. I did not. Did not need to pull you in, fortunately. Um, 
yeah, know, we, got to, we got to talk a little bit about it prior to you diving in, like strategies and mm-hmm. and parts of it, but we didn't actually pair. No, we didn't pair. We didn't pair at all. And uh, everything seems to be working, so I'm happy. Um, if I mean, maybe you and I can pair some sometimes. I'll show you what I did. It, it, the, the reason why is it wasn't like anything really complicated I was doing. We were just adding some additional flags uh, to the API. But with event sourcing, it's not as easy as saying, okay, there's this new column in the database, accept it and move on. With event sourcing, there's a lot of late work that has to go in. And I still I still find myself questioning all the time. It's like, this is not worth it. Like, is this really worth it? This is not worth it's it. It's not in production yet. And you don't have people asking you questions yet. To me, oh, that's yeah. the... That's the gold mine right there. I got it. I'm waiting for that. I'm I'm wait, I'm really waiting for that. I am nervous though. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You've been in event sourcing for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Do you guys yep. use use all the same database for mm-hmm. your product in your events? Yes, we do. Not you necessarily. Guys, you don't. Good. You don't run into an issue with that, huh? Not yet. Okay. I mean, we have multiple tables for our events. <clears throat> so it's not like all the events are in one table. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it. Our each aggregate gets its own event table. And mm-hmm. then the projections go in wherever they need to go. Um, yeah, it's just worked for us. We've talked about implementing an actual event store or event database, something that's specific to event sourcing. Mm-hmm. But we just we haven't we don't. And, and I'm not clear. So there, there's I think there's it's even called like Event DB or something is one events, of the Event one, Store DB. I think is it Event Store DB. I think so. I, I'm not clear what the advantage of that is. What's what's the selling point? Like, what are you getting with an event source database? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Other than it's built specifically to store this data. It's, mm. I don't know that what the ultimate advantage is. Um, I, I haven't used it yet, so mm. I can't tell you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, look at toast toaster. Sleepy toast. That's sleepy toast. Um, yeah. So what else you got going on? Yeah. So, so yeah, I did a bunch of, uh, uh, event sourcing, which I felt bad because, like I said, it was just some simple flags, and I was really the bottleneck of this project. Like, <laughs> we're talking weeks. It took me to implement these simple flags. A lot of it's because it, it hit me right before tech, and we just got so overloaded with tech. John and I were literally spending every day, all day, like doing tech stuff. So I felt I felt really bad. I I, I was pretty much holding up the team. Um, trying to get these flags done. And I really should. I, I told myself I would do more of this, but I, I'm very selfish. I really should lean more on the team to do it. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. what we pay them for, right? Yeah. And, Plus and, and we have part of having a team. <laughs> right. And we have people on the team who who are who are willing to jump in there. They're very they have some experience with the event sourcing and they're willing to jump in. I'm just 
I don't know what's wrong with me, man. I like start coding something, man. I don't, I don't want anybody else touching it. I'm just really weird about that. You but, let me jump into phptech.tv. Yeah, I guess it was, it was, it wasn't my most favorite thing to do. But <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't your smartest decision you ever made. <laughs> Why is Honey Badger bothering us? Oh, John's coding again. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah, that was it. But yeah, I just, I gotta do, I gotta be better at that. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of the team, um, I've gone like madman on uh, Notion. Um, we talk, we've been talking about Notion for a long time, and I, I had started playing with it, uh, looking for another solution for um, Evernote because Evernote really wasn't doing it for me, and I wanted something I could do Markdown in. And Notion kind of popped up on my radar, and I played with it, but it really was like clunky, didn't feel right at all. And I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't going to work. And I, I all but gave up on it. Like I was pretty much done with it. And through like a weird series of events, we started using it for the magazine workflow. And we actually we had implemented it in a really kind of good way uh, at the time. I'm sure we can probably do better now, but. Uh, it really it really helped us do a lot of things. So instead of like trying to find a tool out there, like a project management tool, you know, I love my project management tools. <laughs> if you listen to the show, I do not like my project management tools. I hate them. But uh, instead of trying to like shoehorn it into an existing project management solution out there, it just yeah, you know, we we didn't want to do that, and we were trying to do it other ways. And then in Notion, we just built our own workflow. And it was really nice because we, you know, we could add whatever we needed to add, and mm-hmm. it worked out really well. So I, I hung on to it for a while. Still didn't really use it. I, I've been trying to use it with the team uh, at PHP Architect, like when we do our weekly meetings. But it's still like I'm still like whatever, you know. It just wasn't it wasn't doing a lot for me. And then John mentioned to me, he's like, "Hey, did you hear? Um, Notion has this projects workflow now." I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll take a look at it. And, and dude, I spent like three days on this, like just tweaking the hell out of my my project workflow. And like, I'm so excited about it. I was like, I called John up this morning. I'm, dude, I want to show you what I worked on last night. <laughs> and then like, I, yeah, after like 20 minutes of rambling, John's like, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it. It was really cool. The stuff you built you, that you got in there, uh, it's going to replace an Excel spreadsheet that we were using for tech. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. We've been using it, like you said, for the magazine for a long time. It's been a great tool. Uh, does a ton of stuff. And there's so many YouTube videos out there about Notion and, and how to use it from your to-do list to project management to an Evernote replacement, like you said, just so many ways you can use this thing. Uh, we're probably not even scratching the surface of it. Yeah. And they're not a sponsor of the show, so we've probably talked about them for too long already. <laughs> Why don't we talk about the sponsor that we should talk about, the one that's been bugging you because I code in your project. Let's go. Let's talk about them. Do you want to talk Play- about them? Play your video. Okay. I, I, I should add a queued up, but I don't know where it's at. It's right here. And now, a word from our sponsors. 
classic Tom. That did look infected, however. You probably should have somebody look at it. Oh, hi! If you know me, you know I'm somebody who literally wears a lot of hats. I'm a podcaster, a publisher, and a coder. What I'm not is somebody who has a lot of time worrying if their site is giving their users problems. That's why I use HoneyBadger. Now, let's be honest. HoneyBadger is a sponsor of the podcast, but that's not why I feel good talking about them. I've been using HoneyBadger for years and couldn't be happier. HoneyBadger has a suite of monitoring tools specialized for developers. It's the only system that combines monitoring, uptime, and cron heartbeat monitoring into a clean, fast interface. HoneyBadger offers a generous free tier, and with just two lines of code in about five minutes, you can start monitoring your application. Personally or professionally, it works for everybody. HoneyBadger can help you identify and fix problems sometimes before the user even knows there's an issue with your site. And at no cost to, to sign up, it's literally free for peace of mind. So go over to HoneyBadger.io and sign up for a free account today. What's going to hurt? If somebody asks you, tell them the Ugly Squad sent you. Now I got to get back to podcasting. I got these co-hosts I need to talk to. And they are co-hosts. I don't care what anybody says. I'm the host because I'm cooler than all of them. Thank you, Honey Badger. Guys, don't be rude. Think Honey Badger. Ugh. Thank you, Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. <laughs> I, I still, I love that commercial. I don't care what you say about it. Oh, God, I, think I it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I got a message out of the blue last week, after last week's episode, uh, from my niece and we we talked about my family thing with my newfound half brother right right but she starts talking to me about kind of that and some things that we said on on air i'm like oh you listen to our podcast oh i said she was 25 that's what it was and she's exactly 20 years younger than me she's like mm -hmm. duh 47 27 like oh <laughs> uh, so I realized she listened to our show. I'm like, oh, you listen to our, our podcast. And she goes, I was really disappointed that Eric didn't play his Honey Badger commercial. Oh. <laughs> That's nice. oh, I was I like, wow, you do really watch it. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I figured it would be, uh, I should have said something at the at the top of the show, but I didn't. Um, so uh, for anybody who's listened for a while, Tom is actually, ha has been away. Um, we explained why. I, I don't need to rehash all that. He just needed a break. Uh, but we are in contact with him. We actually talked to him before the show today. Uh, he's doing a lot better. Um, he's feeling a lot better. Uh, so He shared a picture in discord earlier today what yeah i totally missed that he, he shared a picture in discord yeah of himself and his puppy oh i totally to, to, see i don't i got i've got to pay closer attention to discord during the work day uh yeah so he's doing he's doing better i i think he's gonna oh look at the puppy oh puppy <laughs> um yeah, I think he's going to he's going to be back soon. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely taking care of himself, which we're really happy to see. Uh, he's mm -hmm. he's doing he's doing well. So so yeah, I just want to make sure everybody knew that that you know we are we are still talking to Tom, we're still hearing from him. So 
things are going well. All right. We were talking about event sourcing and Jeffrey asked, is event sourcing strongly used in the industry? Uh, basically really needs to start diving into it, into it. Is it strongly used? I don't know. The, the places that need it, yes. The places that don't, probably should to an extent. It, this is another one of those techniques slash technologies that you can go too far on. You start using it and all of a sudden you have to event source everything. Is that the case? Probably not. <clears throat> but there are certain things that make a lot of sense to event source for... The, the main application I work on, we deal with um, contacts or leads in somebody's, in a user's account. They upload these leads, they call them, they need to keep in contact with these people. Things change about those contacts from what folder they're in to who, who on the team is kind of assigned to them, uh, their address, phone numbers, just anything you can think of in regards to a contact. And years ago, you know, we had nothing. It was the information got updated in the database and you were done. Then, you know, people start saying, well, why did this happen? Or customer service comes to us with, you know, the user says they did this, but we're not seeing that happen. So we didn't do event sourcing at that time we did an audit log. So as things changed in the database, we inserted records into another table to say, okay, this contact was moved from folder A to folder B. The person who implemented that at the time took cues from other services. I don't know if the GitHub or Rike or something where you would update comments or you would add a comment, you would change it. And if you did it within a short time frame, they didn't store that middle step. So they would say, okay, you added this note, even though you went through two or three iterations of it. So they did the same thing to try and cut down on records in the audit log. So if you move a contact from folder A to B to C, our audit log says you moved them from A to C. Is it the end of the world? No. But in our case, possibly, because if you move somebody into a specific folder, that could have other consequences. I keep using the folder, but that's just my big example of how the audit log has failed me in the past, where if I were event sourcing, you don't get rid of events. Events happen. I moved a contact from folder A to B. Now I moved a contact from folder B to C. There's no question. You're done. Uh, I absolutely, absolutely love event sourcing. Uh, Eric's questioning it, but he hasn't seen the power of it yet. Um, we're, he's about to start on a second project for this client that must be event sourced, in my opinion. And you're going to love the fact you got to practice on this application and when this application actually gets into you know users hands and they're making changes and they say this didn't work the way it's supposed to you can say well i can say that you did this at this time and it did exactly what it's supposed to do yeah yeah it's not that i don't like it i mean i just 
I, I love the concept of it. Um, it's really, if you're curious, Jeffrey, it's really something that if your application needs to have some sort of accountability for what's in your database, like you have to know how data got to the state it's at, not just accept the fact that, oh yeah, this is this column now says that the world, the, the sky is green. You know, and you need to figure out how did the sky get green? Like how how who changed this? When they changed it, and and you know what happened? What was the series of events that caused that? That's where event sourcing shines. So there are very real world needs for event sourcing out there. Um, mm-hmm. So it depends on what sort of job you're looking for. Is, is are you going to come across a lot of startups out there that are trying to uh, event source their stuff or? mom and pop shops, uh, you know, maybe not. It's not a horrible thing to know how to do though, but it's just another tool in the the tool belt, right? Yeah, exactly. If you, if you can break that out at the right time, you're going to be loved when things work. It adds time to development. Um, There's no question about that. Uh, Sevi asks, what's an example where you were, Event sourcing is not appropriate. I mean, you've, the quick examples are you have simple tables that hold, you know, a list of states or a list of countries or data that doesn't change. Probably don't need to event source. Um, outside of that, it's it's really hard to say. It it's all trade off of development time. Uh, what what is your your core business use you know for my application phone calls and contacts are core business so event sourcing that stuff makes perfect sense event sourcing you know when a new system because they do white labeling of systems event sourcing that data probably not necessary doesn't you create it it doesn't change it's probably fine uh it's all judgment call, end of day. I mean, honestly, I, I don't even think it's so much a judgment call as much as a uh, budgetary call, a budgetary limitation. I mean, if you've got the mm-hmm. money, you've got the developers, yeah, you know, there's... Once you get your head wrapped around it and you start doing it, it doesn't add that much time. Yeah. I, I, th- I, think, the, I, I think the biggest thing is what I keep thinking about is you're not going to get, you're not going to, we're not going to bring in a junior developer who can pick up that code base and work in it. There's not, it's just not going to be a thing. Um, it's going to take training. And I think, yeah, training or very super well-defined tasks. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be, but that's usually the case with a junior developer. Anyway, they're coming into a, a fresh code base they're not going to know where everything is. So you need very tightly defined tasks and almost pointing like you need to look right here in this file, this line, this is probably where you're going to find this issue. Yeah. 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 I I go back and forth on it. Like I, I, I appreciate it. I understand why it's there. I don't, I don't know if the client is ever going to appreciate it. 
Uh, ideally, like you said, it's going to be one of those things where something happens and event sourcing is, you know, kind of comes to the rescue. And then the clients, you know, we're going to look like absolute heroes at that point. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I like it's just like when you're under the gun, when you got the client saying, I want this, I want this, I want this, it's like, God damn, I mean, I don't want to have to touch 14 files because I want to add another flag. That's the exaggeration. It's more like four, four or five files, depending. But uh, it, it's just like, I just don't, you know, you don't want to do that. It's like, it's, it's a heart. It's, I, I want to like it. I honestly do want to like it. Uh, I just, I'm having a hard time caring about it. But I, I, I did have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I think we've asked this in the past. Um, and you you touched on it a little bit. I don't know if I've ever gotten a clear answer. And I don't know if you have a clear answer yet. So if you don't, that's fine. Aggregates. What defines a new aggregate? Like why? Like I mainly, I mainly have one. I only have one aggregate in, mm-hmm. in my system. And I don't know when I'd want another one. To me, an aggregate is core to your system, core to what you're building and stands on its own. So you have one aggregate because everything in that system depends on the main thing. Mm-hmm. It's an event, which is weird because it's event sourcing, but uh, everything around it relies on that. So to me, it's one aggregate. Uh, in my application uh, that I work on, we have multiple aggregates from a phone number itself. A phone number can live on its own and we track from when it was purchased and who owns it and a bunch of information about it. Uh, We have a new thing called a number pool, which basically is a user saying, I have a group of numbers and here's how I want to treat them. But we treat it separately because a number can live on its own. A number pool can live on its own and the number can kind of move between number pools. So it's a separate thing that gets associated together at different points in time. Um, eventually I'd like to have contacts as their own aggregate because it, we would only be tracking the things that happen on that. And that has nothing to do with the phone number. I mean, right. in this particular case, obviously a contact will have their own phone number, but, uh, in the case of the number aggregate, it's numbers that the user has bought and owns. So it's just different pieces of the system, and each each thing is its own aggregate. Right. Interesting. I do love uh, event sourcing talk. Yeah. Well, that's good. What have you been working on, though? We talked about me. What have you been working on? Well, let's see. I got to go flying today. Congrats. That, that, that was fun. Apparently that was successful. You're back. <laughs> it was successful. <laughs> I got to tie my longest flight um, at my local little mountain that I fly. Uh, 38 minutes. Did two flights. A 15-minute flight and then a 38-minute flight. Uh, I had a weird thing happen. It was either this week or late last week with my... My old instructor, I'm not taking lessons anymore, but I'm still part of a telegram group with a bunch of pilots from 
the school, including the instructors. And I made the mistake of being bold enough to ask a question. I asked a question. I have a feeling that didn't go well. <laughs> it did not. It did not. It went so bad. There are two instructors. They're, they're a couple. And she went to Turkey to do something. And I, I happen to remember her talk about reverse running, which is on the ground. You've got the your wing in front of you. You're facing it. So you're running backwards, running backwards to bring the wing up above you. I just, for some reason, I remembered her saying that. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a few days. I watch a lot of paragliding videos. I happen to see somebody launch that way. They are facing facing their wing. You can see the windsock. There's no wind. So they run backwards, bring the, the wing up above their head, then turn and launch. Mm-hmm. So I made the, I asked question. I was taught when there's no wind, you face away from the wing, like it's behind you and you run forward. So I asked the question in there. When is it, when sh- is there a reason to do one or the other? Mm-hmm. Um, my instructor jumped on me. He's, he told me, he basically said, you need to come see me. This is regress, not progress. Uh, <laughs> and, and you need to get away from Little Black, which is the hill by my house that I fly most often because it's close and convenient and free. Well, I mean, they're all well, everywhere, but Tory Pines is free. But <laughs> it's like he, he's got this long post, and I was like, Yeah, I want to fly other places, and I have a couple of times, but I have a wife kids, job, responsibilities. I can't just up and drive, you know, an hour or two and fly for hopefully an hour or two. It's just too much time out of my day right now. At this point in my life, I can't do it. And he comes back at me like there's this back and forth with, I have friends that have kids and they fly all over the world. Okay. That's not. <laughs> it was just. It was this weird back and forth. It was so bad that uh, two other people that are in the the the, the Telegram group mm-hmm. private messaging me and like, dude, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> just he totally like right. that. He, he he is very in your face. Like mm-hmm. I've I've seen him yell at people like especially students that transfer in and say they're a P2 or they have their P2 rating. He makes them do additional work to prove that they're a P2. And if they make any mistake, he starts yelling at them. You're supposed to be a P2. And And one of the people that reached out to me, you know, about this said that they saw him yell at a tandem passenger. So you can go down to this glider port, Tory Pines and pay to go fly with a professional pilot. These people aren't pilots themselves, right? They just want to go enjoy a flight because it looks really cool, but it's freaking scary if you don't know what you're getting into. And a girl got paid or somebody paid. She got harnessed up to a pilot and then she freaked out and said she didn't want to go. And I guess he yelled at her about it. Like, 
tore her up and she started crying. I'm like, yeah, What's the point of that. That's not cool. Not cool at yeah. all. All right. So we talked way too much about flying. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do want to talk. I, I do. You, you touched on one thing about like, like the time commitment. Mm-hmm. That's you and I started golfing and I was really enjoying myself and I really wanted to get more into it. It was the same thing, man. It's like, I, well, there, there's a huge expense with golfing too. That's the other <laughs> aspect of it. But we had, we found some cheap little courses around, uh, around San Diego. And I, but it was like the same thing. I was like, I don't have time to spend an hour, two hours to walk around a golf course. And then and that's not even, that's not even taking consideration of time to get there, time to go home. And mm. yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I it's I don't golf anymore because of that. I mean, to play a full round of golf, you're at four hours plus drive time there and back. And four hours is if you're not stuck behind people, right? If it's a busy right. course, all of a sudden it's a five six hour thing, and expensive, and expensive. Yep. Yeah. Old I man know, hobbies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, paragliding is every old man does that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, the guys that I flew with today, yeah. friggin' I, all of them older than me, all of them in the air for two hours. Where I, I flew for 15 minutes, landed, and then flew for 40 minutes, and they're up for two hours plus. This dog is. They just, I mean, they've obviously had more skill. They've been doing it longer. They have better equipment. Blah blah blah. All right, we we said we so we're we're done talking about. We we, we are, but Jeffrey just said I want to learn how to fly a plane. I recommend learning, but again, expensive. Um, flying a paraglider, you're you're less than ten grand all in. You have equipment. You go fly most places for free. You hike up a mountain. You can launch and fly. Flying an airplane. Oh my God. I got, I was lucky enough to get to get my license while I was in college and then flew for a little bit after that because, you know, kids think they can do anything and have all the money in the world and just fly. But man, is it expensive? You start talking about renting a plane at probably $100 an hour plus. That's not cheap, but it's fun. All right. Uh, yeah. So we do have other sponsors. Yeah. You want to talk, talk about, about them? I do because I got to use their services a lot today. Oh, really? Yes. Well, to, to explain. Thank you, JetBrains, uh, creators of PHP Storm and lots of other IDEs and lots of other really cool tools for teams. Uh, PHP Storm is the tool for professional PHP developers. I mean, it's a tool for any PHP developer. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they have student pricing for uh, if you need an IDE for school. They have, I believe, nonprofit pricing as well. And if you really want to be on the cutting edge, their early access program, you know, you can download it and start using it. But it is a fantastic tool and it's come to my rescue so many times recently. Uh For their ad, PHP is a cutting-edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. If you haven't 
used it before or it's been a while since you've last tried it, now is the perfect time to check it out again because it has received significant performance enhancements and an expanded feature set. Curious to see if it's the right fit for you? Head to www.jetbrains.com slash phpstorm to learn more and try it out with the 30-day free trial. Code smarter, not harder. All right, that's their ad, but... The IDE itself is fantastic. It's gotten me out of jams so many times with the local history. I love the Git uh, conflict resolution uh, interface, auto-completion, the little shortcuts to make coding faster and easier. There's just so many things to love about it. Uh, I've actually been doing a lot of live peer review lately. So instead of opening a pull request, assigning to somebody and saying, hey, go review this code, we've changed that now because there's that delay. Somebody asks you to do a peer review, and if you don't jump on it right away, that pull request can sit there and get stale, right? So we've decided to start saying, in Slack, hey, is anyone available to do a live peer review? And then you get into Zoom or Slack or something. You both pull up the code. You get to explain what it's doing. They get to review how it's doing it, make suggestions. You can fire up code with me. So you're both looking at the same exact code at the same time, which is fantastic. And then I love having people that are smarter than me because most developers are, but getting in there, they're like, you know, you could probably do this. You should do this. You have, you can't do it that way. You have to do this. I'm like, crap. Uh, do you just want to do the job for me? It would be so much easier to save us both time. <laughs> no, it's not that bad, but it is a fantastic tool for doing code review with that code with me. Uh, if you're just, somebody who used PHP Storm in the past and haven't looked at it in the last couple of years, it's about time to take another look at it. It's really kind of the performance has increased a lot. The interface, the UI is just very nice now. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't checked it out recently, give it a look. Thank you, JetBrains and PHP Storms. Appreciate you. All right. What else we got to talk about? <laughs> oh, Jeffrey misses Tom. Uh, you had asked me to mention... Uh, PHP 8, 8 point, I don't know if it's, yeah, 8.2, the JIT compiler. We we enabled it in a microservice. Oh, right, you were telling me about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've got this little Laravel app that is literally just API endpoints that the main application calls, asks questions, and it hits a database and responds with some information. It's basically a proxy to the database because at the time we didn't have access to that database. Oh my gosh, we turn on the JIT compiler, literally cut the uh, the request time in half. What? It's two lines in your config, enable it, and all of a sudden you got this performance improvement. It was ridiculous how easy it was. And, and there's there's no caveats to it like oh yeah don't enable it if i haven't heard of any i'm not saying that there's really? not but 
it's yeah, it, it really was a, uh, I've seen articles on it. This has been the only application that's yeah. of uh, this client that's in on PHP 8.2 at this point. They're still mm-hmm. working on the, the main legacy app, getting it ready for PHP 8. Uh, hoping that's done soon because seeing performance increases like that, it's like, I would take, you know, 10, 20% easily. If I can get 50% speed improvement, please. What, why do you think, why do you think it's not a bigger thing? It, well, it just, I mean, eight, two just came out, right? Well, eight, two, but, but the JIT compiler has been around since eight, right? No, I think that, I think it was eight, two. Oh, did it just come out in eight, two? I believe so. Oh, I, man, I feel like they've been talking about it for a yeah. very long time. Actually, I do see no, versions no, 8.0. Uh, yeah, PHP 8.0 brings support for the JIT. PHP JIT. I don't know. Hmm. That's like fibers, man. I, I, everybody's everybody's hyped up about fibers, and everything I'm reading about, I'm like, wow, this sounds like a great idea. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to use it, but but with the I, JIT, you, you, the JIT compiler, you didn't have to change anything in your code, nothing. You just enabled it, and now it just runs. Yep. What? It's, it's a couple lines in your config. You enable it, set your JIT buffer size, and. I mean, this is where I get confused. We had, I know we had opcache enabled. Maybe we didn't have it on this on this Laravel app. We use opcache on the legacy app for sure. Uh, maybe if you don't specify the JIT buffer size, it's not enabled. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, is this something we should be looking at for, for more clients? Well, once I get on PHP 8, yeah. I know we're still working on that with our main two or three clients. Yeah. 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 I mean, opcache is a huge thing already, but Mm -hmm. it seems like the JIT compiler boosts that even more. Wow, that's crazy. I I need to play with this now. I really need... Because I know, like, even, like... um, Tailwind. Tailwind has some sort of JIT compiler as well, where it would just like compile the elements you need in your CSS when they were called. And it's supposed to like have this crazy performance increase. But I never it just never made sense to me. It's like it's 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 a styling sheet. I don't really need a JIT compiler on my styling sheet. Like I have enough complexity <laughs> compiling it with MP, NPM, but um yeah but php makes a lot of sense like yeah. that just seems like a wonderful idea i have to play yeah. with that some cool definitely i can't wait to to get that client on php8 i know we've tried a couple of times uh but we're hoping to get to do it again here soon once their sales season slows down a little bit yeah, that's one of the interesting things we have is like we have we have to wait between sales seasons to do anything with them. So So, uh, with the other client, they have somebody that is dedicated to doing this upgrade, but they're doing it much more uh, focused instead of, Oh, let's just upgrade PHP and see what breaks. They are Mm -hmm. using PHP stand to make sure everything is as clean as it can be trying to figure out what 
will and will not work in PHP 8. I mean, it's, they're, they're going above and beyond. So not only is it going to be PHP 8 to ready, that it's also making the code better in the long run. Mm -hmm. You know, having the static analysis has just been so nice. It's kind of proving that your code is doing what you say it's supposed to do versus what you think it's supposed to do, which makes it really hard with legacy applications that had dynamic uh, properties added to objects, which we did way too often. I mean, which is, which is now deprecated. Well, part of that is that active record, right? Active record makes that really hard to control. Uh, especially with the library we're, we're using again, written originally for PHP four, it's now been made to work in PHP five and seven since then, but it works by adding dynamic properties. If you query just the table, it's fine because the base active record knows the columns of that table. But if you do any sort of query where you don't know what columns you're getting back or you're getting back, you know, you're doing a join and you're getting back two or three columns or tables worth of data. Right now, it just adds dynamic properties to an object. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you want the address? Okay, it's it's now in this call or in this field. That breaks in 8.2 because you're not allowed to use dynamic properties. Hmm. Probably not a problem with whatever ORM or Active Record library you're using at this point in time using an old one like the one i'm using it's a pain in the ass but because it's so ingrained in the application it's not like we can swap out that workflow Mm -hmm. yeah i got another question for you Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on uh named values named values i don't know what those are or I'm not, it's not coming to me. Right is it, am I saying it wrong? Is it not named values? Is it named That's arguments? Pro- it, it probably is. I don't know. Are you talking right. about when you, when you call a, a method, instead of putting the arguments in order, you name them? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I hate it, but I also understand it. Named arguments. That's, that's actually what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. I, uh, I, I get it. It is very useful when a method has a lot or multiple optional arguments and you only care about at passing the last one. Mm. But there are some people are using it for every function call they use, whether they're calling it the way it's supposed to be called or not. Mm. And I don't know. I don't, I'm not a huge fan personally. I can't figure it out. I can't figure out if I like it or not. But I, I don't. Are, I don't like looking at it initially, but then I'm kind of like, eh, you know, it, maybe I, I'll use it. I, I say that, but at the same time, I'm the person with PHP Storm having the arguments turned on, where I always see what the parameters are that I'm passing yeah. in. So well, that's that's actually why I started using it because I, I I would do that thing. PHP Storm would do that thing where it, it's letting you know it has a recommendation and then they say, Oh yeah, make this a named argument. I'm like, okay, whatever. Make it a named argument. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) 
I yeah, especially with methods that pass in things just like true, false, you know, mm. or numbers or you know, where you don't have context, you don't have uh, value objects being passed in or, you know, some other class, you're just passing in raw values. I can see there being a lot of value to it. I use value twice there. Whoops. Uh, And I'm sure if I started looking at it more, I'd get used to it, but I'm also old school. I'm like, I'm, I'm passing in everything it needs. It's in the right order. Why do I need a name them? Yeah, yeah, I don't know where where I'm at with it. I, I again, it's like it seems like a good idea, but it's like when are you ever going to use that? Like, if you don't, if you don't know the order it needs to be sent in, then maybe you shouldn't be using the function. Well, I like I said, when you have multiple optional arguments and you're only changing the last one, it makes a lot of sense because otherwise you have to pass the defaults in up until the one you want to change. Yeah. That's true. So it's convenient in that case. Mm-hmm. PHP Storm already shows me what is supposed to be in that argument spot, so I don't have to name it. But if I did, I'm sure it'd be fine. Yeah. Eh. Uh, let's see, track. Hold on. Actually, before we get to track, let's uh, let's bring up our supporters on Patreon since they are so. Keep forgetting to put music on that thing. Um, thank you, uh, supporters, Patreon supporters. Yes, thank you, you are so much. You were actually a topic of our podcast interview. We talked about you guys on Citizen important. Coder. Yeah. Yes, Citizen Coder. Uh, so well, I'll keep that up for a while, sir. And, and our patrons knew about my half brother weeks before we announced it on the show. Months. It had to be at least a month. Yeah. yeah, maybe a month, but yeah. When, yeah. when I when I first teased it, I was so excited I was going to talk about it, and I I couldn't like do it publicly like this, so I I did write up a little blog post and shared it with them. I still got to make that uh, Patreon supporter <laughs> clip a little longer. <laughs> I keep forgetting about that. All right, Brack, yes. Uh, what uh, what do you think about Symphony? Symphony um, components amazing. I say Symphony is pretty much used everywhere. (laughs) I would like to get into the framework piece of it. Uh, I really would. I just don't know. I just don't have the time I used to have to do that sort of thing. I mean, it's hard because you 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 kind of bought into the Laravel ecosystem, right? Which uses a lot of Symphony components. Yeah, it's built off Symphony. Yeah. the The main project I work on is a homegrown framework. Built on a lot of Symphony components, we we have mm-hmm. a ton of them in there, so it's hard not to already have an understanding of Symphony. But like you, it would be nice to build a project with Symphony itself. Mm-hmm. I have no reason not to, other than we don't do a whole lot of projects from scratch, and when we do, it's kind of like, yeah, we'll just use Laravel because it's what we know. Yeah. And it's just so easy. It's just so easy to spin up and just get something running pretty quick. So, yeah. So, yeah, Symphony, if, if you're into Symphony, I mean, stick with it. It's uh, it's a great product, great framework, great ecosystem. I mean, they have they have a company behind it. It's, it's a lot of good things. Um, 
yeah, I'm, I, none of us, ne- neither of us have really got any, the time to spend, do, to do it justice and spend some time with it. So thanks, thanks for the question. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling, I have a feeling Buttery should never step foot in the U.S. Champ is threatening him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Champ's a good guy. And he, he, don't worry, Buttery. He's not that good of a shot. <laughs> Pickles will stop him anyway. Pickles will stop him. <laughs> Was it Pickles? Is that what you came up with? Yeah. I came up with something else initially. Uh, if, uh, what did I initially say? I forget, but I like Pickles. I settled on Pickles. Pickles <laughs> is a better name. We're talking about his daughter, by the way. We got to meet her. Yeah. She was She's not named Pickles, by the way. <laughs> she was funny and it was late and she was beyond tired and just giggling and laughing. Yeah. She was a goofball. All right. What else we got to talk about? <laughs> he said, I, I meant shotgun like <laughs> calling the passenger seat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we didn't really think you were threatening him with a shotgun. My current wife reminded me initially I was calling her Pepper. That's right. And now I, I settled on uh, pickles. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really great uh, profile picture of hers in the uh, Discord. Yeah, she's up she's 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 been baptized in the bath of PHP when she went to tech. She's getting <laughs> into it, man. She's enjoying herself. We have a whole board of PHP uh, Tech 2024 stuff to start. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exciting. Uh, this dog yeah. driving me nuts. All right, um, what else we have to? Anything else? We got anything else to talk about? I don't think we've. Uh, we I don't think we put anything in show notes yet. I have. Have you, Mister? Oh, look at you! Way to go! Way to go! Good job. What can I say? Found a jet one. Yeah, good, 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 good. This is all good. You do good. You do good work. All right. Well, I shared one, and then somebody else shared the second one in Discord, so I just threw it in here. And once again, Discord making the show a little better. Appreciate. I've I've had this one. I've had this one on my list. I'll just clear it off here and talk about it. Let's do it. I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush. No, I know. I don't know enough about it to be honest, other than. It's scary. Uh, security itself is scary, but I guess attackers have used an abandoned WordPress plugin to backdoor websites. Awesome. And, That's so awesome to hear. But we've seen this happen with countless other things from like Composer and NPM and like, anything that you use to install software, if you're not careful and do your due diligence on upgrades, it's so easy to get into that trap of, I'm just going to auto upgrade. And if something or someone compromises that third party, you know, the, the composer package that you install, if that gets compromised and all of a sudden you upgrade to the latest version without knowing what you've upgraded to, all of a sudden you're possibly leaking all of your data. You're giving people access to your, your code, your database. It's so scary. Um, I don't know how you do it with the team for that one client. The other client, every composer upgrade 
comes through in a bump with a what's called a bump PR. Uh, GitHub has the ability to watch your composer and your npm files. Mm -hmm. and say, hey, there's a new version available, and they open a pull request against your code for that, so that you can go look at it and approve it. And we make a point of actually looking at the commit log and just doing a quick cursory glance, one to say, yeah, this shouldn't affect us because we should know how we're using that package for the most part. Mm -hmm. Or look at the changes they're making and say, well, they didn't touch any PHP files. They're updating docs. Or, yeah, they updated the namespace. And you can quickly glance and see no, no big changes. But if there are significant changes, you should also be able to catch those and try and see, you know, are they all of a sudden making system calls? Or are they all of a sudden right. doing something they shouldn't do? And it shouldn't be, if you're staying on top of your upgrades, it shouldn't be too tricky to keep up with looking at the code before you accept the automatic update. So I guess WordPress had the same thing. They had an abandoned WordPress, WordPress plugin that was installed on uh, tons of different WordPress sites. That, that plugin author went away. Somebody stepped in, created the same name, and now all of a sudden they were uh, exposing information they shouldn't have. <sighs> scary. Super scary. Yep. Come here. You come to tech, you get scared about losing data off of your computer. Honestly, you to, don't ever go out and have a beer with Eric Mann. Jesus Christ. Okay. I, I kind of want to do... So, in the April issue of the magazine, I know we've talked about it already, but how scary easy it could be to access somebody's Docker con database containers. And how easy it is for people to run a local developments environment, but use a copy of their production database because it just makes things mm -hmm. easier. I did that for mm -hmm. years. It's mm -hmm. yeah, I get it. But if you don't check your own connections, if you don't try to attack yourself like an attacker would, you don't necessarily know what you're leaving open. And part of me wants to go to coffee shops and try that. Like, like, start going around to people. Hey, do you work for so-and-so? Because, you know, you, you might see the information in their code base or their database, or do you have a database table named this and have them look at you like either complete blank. And you're like, Oh, never mind. You move on to the next person to ask. And then all of a sudden they look at you like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, you might want to read PHP architect magazine. <laughs> Give them a copy of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That would be fun. Totally. I want to try that. I'm not going Buttery. to. I want, I want to. Need you to. I need you to get your article in. We've been waiting. Waiting too long for your contribution to the magazine. Buttery. And anybody else out there who might be interested in writing for PHP Architect, we are looking for feature articles. So we pay money. We pay good money. Real money. For your you, for your work, and so. you don't have to be an expert. You just have to want to share information. Mm -hmm. You learn something on our show. I just last week talked about Paseto tokens versus JWT tokens. Mm 
and you want to learn about them, great. Take what you learn, turn it into an article for us. We'll give you some money. Yeah. So just reach out to John and I, Eric at phparch.com or John at phparch.com. Oh, uh, right. W-R-I-T-E at phparch.com. Just trying to make it all personal like we're friends or something. We're friends, but if if you're going to do it personally, send it to Eric at phparch.com. It's going to get lost in my inbox or never seen. <laughs> Email is stupid and evil and shouldn't be I, used. I do hate myself. Roman, you're you're going to write for PHP Arch? All right. Let's go. It'll it's be good. just not going to be good. By the time it gets into the magazine, it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> Don't worry about yeah. that. We'll make it. We'll make it good. We'll make it good. Apparently, I, never mind. I, I want a goddamn magazine, Roman. I, I want, I want somebody using uh, a Raspberry Pi with PHP to do something cool. I know we had a whole Pi series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's not going to listen to the show. I'm going to give my son, who is turning nine on Sunday, a Raspberry Pi. I have a whole kit of like a breadboard and a bunch of electronics coming. Oh, and now, I, now I want to figure out what am I going to have him do with it? <laughs> what, am I, what is he going to build? I, I'm I, hoping, I mean, I, I don't have PHP ideas. So that's the not, not necessarily PHP. I'm saying I would like that for the magazine, but in general, I, so the, the coolest thing, and there's a whole setup for this, uh, Jess, Jess, Jess Archer works for Laravel. Uh, but before she worked for Laravel, um, she worked for other places. No, the, you remember that? Who was who that person I took that course with at Mark? Where you? Rober, Mark Rober. Yeah. She had taken, I guess, the first iteration of that. And she put together something I thought was super cool, which would be a great, great project for you and your kid it was a little um a little moisture sense sensor that you would put in a plant and if it detected that the plant needed water the plant would ask you for water so it also had a motion sensor so when somebody walked by it it would check to see if it needed water and if it needed water it would say hey i'm thirsty give me some water <laughs> And I'm like that's that's that would be, that's it's not that hard, uh, and I'm pretty sure she or she used to have all her stuff up on GitHub on the code and in the piece the piece of equipment. I'll see if I can find that for you. That'd be great. Yeah, that, although, that was a fun one. Although the pie I'm giving him is the keyboard one, so it's not really gonna <laughs> go so Dude, well. Dude, man, me. freaking love this thing. It's right here, sitting right here, right, right behind me. It, it, it's, it's actually has me using my potty more often. It's so weird. Hmm. I don't know why. Uh, I, I, w- I wasn't interested in getting it from you. I was like, I was like, man, I, I've had a pie for years. I don't, I never, I always run it headless. I never have it, you know, interface to it. But this last one, I installed Man- Manjaro, but I still did it headless. Like I, I knew it had a desktop and I just 
never worried about looking at it. It wasn't a thing for me. And so you gave me this keyboard. I'm like, all right, well, I got this display. Let me see what this desktop looks like. And it's just like I'm using it all the time now. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's a great little computer. Yeah. I'm hoping he, he enjoys it. Because right now he uses a Chromebook at school. And he codes in Scratch, but the Chromebook is so underpowered that his Scratch code is so, like, jumpy. You know? You can, like, I didn't even know you could use Scratch on Chrome. Really? I mean, it, it's a... Yeah, it's it's in the browser. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, he and I, we made a little game. I mean, it's nothing fancy. It's a bird flying around eating watermelon and apples falling from the sky. But just that moving around all of a sudden there's this like little glitch where it pauses for half a second and then you're like damn it i'm trying to i'm trying to move here it's just not smooth so i thought maybe this would help do that because a lot of the tutorials i've seen say yeah you could use scratch on it okay give them something something to try I actually think Scratch is installed with the with the Pi OS. I think Scratch is installed by mm. default. Yeah. See, I've only done it via the the web interface. I didn't know it was a its own thing. Mm-hmm. So now I got to learn something new to teach him, which is good. I can learn, maybe. Yeah. All right, that's it, John. I got uh, got to wrap up, man. Got to move on. Got things to do. I'm a busy guy. I've talked to you way too much this past week. <laughs> way too much. All right, cool. Um, anything else you want to yeah. say? No. It was a good one. It was a good one. Thank you, as always. Discord, hang out for the uh, after show. We're not going anywhere. But for now, this is going to do it for episode 338 of the PHP Ugly Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm John. Keep, Keep it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do, listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish, I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric, yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate, I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song, yo, shout the host named Thomas cause he's never wrong, yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles which cause a riot, I'm about to do it like this cause the people love me, shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they gettin' together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah. <laughs>